Welcome to the Debit This, Credit That podcast with Wheeler Accountants, located in San Jose, California. In this podcast, we discuss how to solve accounting challenges in both your personal life and your business. We take an energetic, tech-savvy approach to solving accounting challenges that steal your focus and your time. Now, on to the show with your tech-savvy accounting experts, Matt Wheeler and Michael Bryant. Hello and welcome to episode number 16. We're talking with Michael again, the audit partner at Wheeler Accounting. We're going to talk today about the five steps to revenue recognition, the new revenue recognition standards. Now, this is a really big deal, everybody, and there's going to be an enormous amount of detail that Michael's going to take us through. So get your pen and paper out. And if you can't write as quickly as you need to, please press pause. Go ahead and rewind it. I don't even know if you can rewind a podcast anymore, but anyway, rewind it. Or even better, give Michael a call at Wheeler because this is going to be, well, really, really deep. So, okay, let's start off by talking about where this came from. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. So we're talking about the Accounting Standards Codification ASC Topic 606. This was originally introduced in Accounting Standards Update 201409. Okay. <laughs> well, you've lost me absolutely already. No, I'm I'm kidding. So this this actually it it's based a long time ago. Why are they making these adjustments now? So originally our revenue recognition standards were based on different industries. And so what the FASB, the Financial Accounting Standards Board wanted to do was really standardize revenue recognition across all industries and really have a a basis for that revenue recognition that was based on the contract with the customer itself. Now, that makes a lot of sense, uh, standardizing this across the board. So who does this apply to and are there any exclusions? You know, this is going to apply to nearly every industry and every entity. It's really going to focus on the contracts with the customer. So I deal with a lot of construction companies. I also deal with manufacturing companies and software companies. And each one of those had a different revenue recognition standard. So under the new standards, they are all going to be recognizing revenue the same way. When we were uh, preparing for the, the podcast today, you said that this was 10 years in the making and there are going to be fundamental changes. Now, I know you're going to be jumping into those fundamental changes, you know, those five steps uh, here in just a minute. But you did say that there were some things that were excluded. So our listeners might want to know if they're part of this exclusion. Yeah, the the only exclusions from the revenue recognition is um, really on leases and financial instruments. Insurance contracts are, are carved out of this standard, as well as non-monetary exclusions. Exchanges. Okay. So this is 10 years in the making, right? When does it take effect? So effective dates, um, and we're going to address the effective dates for non-public companies because that's mostly what my clients are focused on. Okay. So for non-public companies, it's for annual periods beginning after December 15th. 2018. So practically speaking, that's going to be for year ends of December 31st, 2019. All right. So everybody can take a deep breath here and realize that this isn't going to happen Jan 1, right? You've got a little bit of time to let this sink in. 
And you do have a little bit of time, but I want to caution. I've been cautioning my clients and, and I want to caution everybody that this is going to take some time to implement. This mm. uh, standard is over 700 pages long. <laughs> there is a lot of meat in this standard. And so it's going to have some significant impacts on the way that all industries are recognizing revenue currently. So the rule of thumb here is get to you know, Wheeler accounts as quickly as you possibly can. Right? Yeah, I, I want to be having these discussions with my clients early on, looking at what their current revenue recognition is and how this will be impacting how they recognize going forward and make sure that they're ready when the standards do need to be implemented. So the five steps to revenue recognition, the new revenue recognition standards, you're going to break this down for people, right, into these five quantifiable, tangible, understandable steps. Fair? Yes. Let's right. break them yeah, down. Let's, let's dive right in. simple steps. All right. Go ahead. All right. So the first step is really to identify the contract with a customer. A uh, contract is defined as an agreement between two or more parties that creates an enforceable rights and obligations. Uh, this contract could be written, it could be oral, or it could be implied. Hmm. It must meet all the criteria. The parties have approved the contract, so meaning that both parties have agreed to that contract, that the party's rights, each party's rights can be identified. The payment terms need to be in that contract. It has to have commercial substance and um, for the entity to be able to to recognize revenue collection is it needs to be probable. I'm sorry, you said it can be written, oral or implied. How can oral and implied qualify meeting those criteria of a contract? So oral um, and implied are definitely not best practices. Oh, okay. <laughs> However, in an oral agreement, as long as these criteria are are agreed upon, then you can have an oral agreement that does qualify as a contract. Gotcha. I would I would recommend that you're documenting them, but but again the standard does cover oral and implied. Huh. I've never heard that before. So if we don't have a contract, can we move on? No, if you don't have a contract, then you don't have a method for revenue recognition. So you can't move on to step two until you actually have a contract that meets all of those requirements. All right, let's go to step two. What's step two? Step two is to identify the separate performance obligations in the contract. So there's performance obligation is defined as a promise in a contract to transfer a goods and services that are distinct or a series of distinct goods and services that are substantially the same. Mm-hmm. This would normally be specified in a contract and, again, can be implied by customary business practices. So maybe in the contract, it's not specifically documented that the client can return a piece of equipment uh, within one year, but that's pretty much industry standards mm-hmm. or business practices. So therefore, that would be um, implied in the contract. Okay, I was able to digest that pretty well, so I'm hoping that our listeners were too. That makes a lot of sense. 
Let's move to number three. Sure. So three is determining the transaction price. A transaction price is defined as an amount of a consideration to which an entity expects to be entitled in exchange for the goods or services. This can be included in a fixed amount or it could be variable or it could be a combination of fixed and variable amounts. All right. What are the considerations that they need to consider uh, when it comes to determining the transaction price? Yeah, there's variable considerations, which would include discounts, rebates, refunds, credits, price concessions, performance bonuses, and any possible penalties. Hmm. Also needs to be considered is the significant financing component. So the time value of money needs to be factored in. So if you're extending payments over a year or two years, that time value of money needs to be considered. Okay. There's also non-cash considerations. So if there's some non-cash uh, exchange of goods, those need to be considered as well. And then just consideration of the payable to the customer. So maybe there's a rebate that's going to be owed back after one year. Mm. And so that needs to be considered in the full um, price. Gotcha. Okay. Number four. Yeah. So step four is to allocate the transaction price to the separate performance obligations in the contract. So that would be adjusted uh, market assessment approach. That's where in the market, uh, which the goods or services are sold. So you can look at some comparable sales. Otherwise, you can use the expected cost plus margin approach. And that's really where you forecast your expected costs to provide the good or service and then add the appropriate margin. If either one of those don't work, then you can use the residual approach. And this is kind of last resort if if you can't use the adjusted market assessment approach or you cannot use the uh, expected cost plus margin approach, then you would dive into the residual approach. And the residual approach is by subtracting the sum of the observable standalone selling prices for other goods and services from the total transaction price to estimate the selling price for the remaining performance obligation. Now, do you do this? Are you one of the people who makes these assessments and expectations? Where do our listeners get that information? So it it is our clients that will need to be the final determination on their revenue recognition, but we certainly consult and help determine the revenue recognition policies by reading through the contracts, helping document what those revenue recognition practices are. And so we can certainly take a look at that for for any one of our clients. Gotcha. All right. We're almost on to number five here. Number one was identify the contract with the customer. Number two, identify the separate performance obligations in the contract. Number three, determine the transaction price. Number four, allocate the transition or the transaction price to the separate performance obligations in the contract. What's number five? Number five is really recognizing the revenue when or as the entity satisfies a performance obligation. So recognize revenue when a transfer of goods or services occurs. Uh, A transfer occurs when the customer obtains control of that goods or service. Uh, Control of an asset occurs when the customer has direct use of and obtains substantially all the remaining benefit from an asset. Now, uh, pause on that, because that's interesting. That last point that you just made, 
Can you unpack that a, a little bit more? Because that seems a little subjective. In regards to the control of the asset occurs when the customer has direct use and obtained substantially yeah. all the remaining benefits that, from that, the, the asset? The, the, the substantially all the remaining benefits from an asset, that, that seems a little subjective to me. Am I, I could be off base, but that just seems no, a you're little ab- squishy. No, you're absolutely right. There is some subjectivity that comes into play here, and um, the remaining benefit of, of the asset means that use, they're really able to use substantially all of the assets. So they either have full control of it or they're going to be using um, the asset for, you know, the, the majority of its life. Okay, that is much clearer. Okay, that makes sense. Anything else in number five? Yeah, just um, in number five that this can either revenue recognition can occur over time or at a specific point in time. And that is similar to current revenue recognition. For instance, our construction contractors will normally use a percentage of completion method. So as they're, say, constructing a building, they're going to have certain measures to recognize that revenue over time. But where maybe my manufacturing client or, or a distributor will actually recognize the revenue when that goods is shipped to the client. Um, So there is still that factor as well, that revenue can be recognized over time or at a specific point in time. Okay, that that actually does clear up an enormous amount of that. That five-step process, uh, again, if you didn't get all of those written down, please make sure that you listen to this again or or give Michael a call. These are the five steps to revenue recognition, the new revenue recognition standards, but there's more here that you need to unpack, correct? Yeah, so so that is going through the actual steps of the revenue recognition, but there are disclosures that's going to be required in the financial statement. So maybe we could talk a little bit about the the required disclosures. I think that's a great idea because this sounds like uh, something that would really kind of a, a cover your butt sort of situation. Is that fair? Yeah, so the disclosures are really going to be um, talking about the revenue recognition policies. And, and we have some required disclosures right now in our financial statements. However, these are going to be much more in-depth mm. and will take some time to to really refine. And and as always, we're we're looking to the public companies first to to see how they're going to be presenting these because they'll be implementing the year before uh, any of my private companies implement. So in the disclosures, the requirements are the disaggregated revenue information. So this means what are what customer types, what geographic regions are you selling to, and what product lines are you selling? Okay. And then we also have a requirement for um, information on contract balances. So contract assets, receivable, liability. Um, these all need to be disclosed in the financial statements. And then any significant changes in contract assets or liabilities would also have to be uh, disclosed in the financial statements. Those significant changes with the assets and liabilities, that could be either very little or a rather robust disclosure. Is that a fair statement? 
Yeah, so there, there's going to be some uh, judgment involved in that as well. And significant would be, you know, really material changes and and documenting what those what drove those changes. So that way, the readers of the financial statements really understand what is happening in, in the revenue recognition. Are there any more disclosures? Yes. Yeah, so then also the performance obligations need to be disclosed. So that's going to be the timing, uh, significant payment terms, uh, nature of goods and services, obligation for returns, refunds, and similar type terms, and then any warranties that are included in the uh, contract itself. All right. It sounds like you really covered the whole gambit here with disclosures. Are, are we missing any other ones? Yeah. So, so again, this is a really a, a high-level introduction to revenue recognition. Um, I want to reiterate how important it is for, for basically any clients in any industry to be looking at these standards and looking at how that's going to affect their revenue recognition uh, going forward. A lot of my software companies are starting to change their contracts based on the new revenue recognition standards to make sure that those required um, items in the contract are well documented and easy to follow. So that way, when it is time to do the revenue recognition on those contracts, that it can uh, be easily determined. All right, Michael. Well, at the beginning of this, I, I thought that people would have more than enough time. But as you continue to dive into this deeper and deeper, you know, there's going to be changes in contract. There's going to be changes in a, a lot of different aspects uh, to be able to recognize this revenue. What sort of time frame would you share with our audience that it's going to take for them to implement this before I mean, really, December thirty first of night uh, of eighteen is that correct? It's a it's going to be effective as of December thirty first, twenty nineteen. Okay, okay, for our calendar year end uh, clients. But um, you know, th- these are sweeping changes, and so they have been the Financial uh, Accounting Standards Board has been working on this for over ten years. And they've delayed this uh, implementation a few times, and we do not see any further delays coming. So the the sooner that um, that people can get in front of this and start planning, and again, it, it's going to have changes to standard contracts, and those will need to normally run through attorneys and and then get signed by the client. So the, the, the quicker that people can jump on this, the better off that they're going to be, the more successful they will be when it comes time to actually implement. Who should call you and what is the best way for them to get your attention so that you can start working on this with them sooner rather than later? If you sell a goods or service, you're going to have some changes to your revenue recognition. Mm-hmm. And some some easy, uh, some are easy changes. Some are much more complex in, say, the software or construction, um, and even in some of the custom build manufacturing that we deal with. So again, looking at it early, uh, going through the standards, and then if you have questions, please reach out to me, and I'd be more than happy to go over those questions with you. All right. Well, fantastic. I learned a lot. Uh, you know, as a business owner myself, this is is actually going to apply to me, which makes me happy that I have the opportunity to talk to somebody like you 
it also scares me at the same time, <laughs> which, which, you know, that's why uh, people rely on you so much, Michael. It's, it's important for people to understand that that 700 page document, right, that uh, that you started off talking about is something that somebody like you actually dives into to make sure that they're providing the best level of service they can for their clients, because this is very, very important. And if you don't have somebody like Michael or anybody at Wheeler Accountants in your corner, you need to make a, a decision sooner rather than later if you're working with the highest quality people you can. All right, Michael, anything else that you want to add on episode 16 here? I think that covers it for now. Thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate your time today. And thank you, Michael. That was Michael Bryant, the audit partner at Wheeler Accountants. This was episode 15, Five Steps to Revenue Recognition, the new revenue recognition standards. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again very soon.